everybody happy to be here? Good. I need my glasses real bad. <laughs> I need my glasses. Thank you. All right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this day. Father, we thank you that we're able to meet in safety and comfort with loved ones. Father, we're thankful for the smiles we're able to have upon our faces. We're thankful for the joy that you allow us to have in our hearts. Lord, would you bless this day? Would you awaken us, Father, to this limitless power that you have for us? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, a, a lot can take place from one week to the next, right? Uh, many things can happen to, to, to all of us in many different areas, many different ways in our life. Uh, and sometimes things happen, it just kind of wakes us up. It wakes us up to, to what maybe what a loved one is doing, and all of a sudden you found out something, and, and it, it wakes you up to it. Well, God's got a, his word. It should always wake us up, and we should not be uh, slacking in it. We should always be awakened through his power. And that's what the title is. We talked about power God a little bit last week, and we're on this. This is the last week. We'll get into something different next week. But awaken to the limitless power, and that's that limitless power that God has for us. Um, uh, everybody in here, if you know who Jesus Christ is your life, you should know about some, 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 some reasonable understanding of this power. I have it, you know, I, I, it was a time in my life I had nothing, no power at all except for what I wanted to, to accomplish, and boy, what a mess that it was always seemed to be. But uh, God gives us the power. But we have to wake up to it. Some of us, you know, you, 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 I come up here to preach, and some weeks are different than other weeks. It's according to what's usually going on in my life, and it's, oh, I don't really want to do this today. And this, that, and you, 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 we got to be awake to God's power all the time. And I tell you, almost constantly, the, the time is short. You say, well, you know, people, they, 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 they're born and they live and they die, and we never know what, how that process is taking place, when somebody's going to die. It could be somebody you know. Time is always short. So we, we are entitled to, to wake up to this limitless power that God's given us, and it is limitless. We'll look at some of the things today. There's no boundaries. His, God's not set any boundaries upon his power. You think, well, this just can't happen. Well, then just open your eyes and wake up because whatever God wants to happen will happen. Amen? You say, well, look at the world we're in. It's a mess. This is the plan that God's got. Does he like all the stuff in the world? No, that's what sin does. It destroys things. But God still is ultimately has a power, and his power will prevail. Always. Just because we don't understand it doesn't make it... No more less powerful, more powerful. It's God's deal, not ours. I got all kinds of different little props up here today, and uh, we'll probably get to them. I'm going to the day. I'm going to try to get done a little early today, but I'm going to challenge. I want to challenge the church today. God challenged me, and I want to challenge you to wake up. Amen. Wake up. I tell you all the time. There's a community out here, whether you live here or or Franklin, or Whiteland, or whatever, it doesn't matter. That community you live in, it needs to be woke up, and woke up for the Lord. It needs to wake up, and God uses his people to do that. And if you haven't figured it out by now, God's power flows through you to reach other people. The church needs to wake up. And I'm, I'll just continue to preach that from the day, I thought probably the day I die. We've got to wake up. We've got to continue to do God's work. It doesn't matter. You think, well, I'm the only one doing anything. Well, Get on that self-pity party if you want to, but I'm not going to. 
God's got a lot of people doing a lot of things. You say, well, I'm already doing so much. Well, then quit doing so much and do exactly what God tells you to do, not what you think you need to do. You've got to find where the power is going to work at and go join God there. Don't just keep doing things you think you need to do just to keep busy in God's kingdom. Go where the power is. Amen? Awaken to the limitless power of God. Go ahead, please. There's a baseball field over here. And I've talked to you about this in the past, maybe once or twice in the past, and it's kind of, in my opinion, it's gone on deaf ears. You've not listened. You've not awakened to it. Nobody took the, uh, wanted to do anything. And I've come up with some several ideas over the years to, to wake up. In this little community we have, that baseball field right over there, this is a picture of these wonderful kids that we supported a few years ago. Over there is where the people are. Amen. It's where the children are. It's where the parents are. They come there. They communicate there. They come as a family almost there in that little league time. And they come through here and they get their pictures taken and they do all kinds of things. Through We let them use this church as much as we can. The parade and all different things. And I've asked people to, to go over there and start working over there because that's where the people are. You don't have to go knocking on the doors. They're over there. But it's not, nobody's done it. It's gone on deaf ears. So he said, oh, come on, don't get on us all over. I, well, it's, God gets on me, I get on you. This is a sign-up sheet. I'm going to put it right here. And there was a pin here. Here's a pin. I'll put a pin right there. And when I get done with the message day, if you feel like God's asking you to go work over there, then I'll give you some ideas. Today, do this sermon. If you feel like God's asking you just to go work over there, I'm not telling you to go over there and, and beat people over the neck and take your Bible and say, listen to me. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about waking people up to know that Jesus Christ is alive. And that we are part of his church. And we just like to give you something. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Awaken to his limitless power. I can't read that. That blue and white's got me messed up there. Christianity, I'll read off mine. Christianity is not moral platitudes or lofty intentions and noble thoughts. The fundamental characteristics of God's kingdom is power. Amen? It's power. It's power. But if you're not awake to that power, then you're, never, you're going to miss it all. Are we getting anything else up there? Hmm. All right, they're telling me to go on. Well, I was going to start to have you read Joel this morning. And it's... Uh, Joel chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It's up there? Okay, there it is. Thank you, guys. Wow, thank you so much. These old eyes, they just don't see like they should. Let's everybody stand. Let's read these verses. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. You guys go ahead. Proclaim. Proclaim this among the nations. In other words, right here in, in Nineveh. Prepare for war. What kind of war? Well, we've been in a war. It's called a war against sin. It's a battle against sin and evil. Wake up. Wake up who? The mighty men. The mighty men, the mighty men and women of God. Wake up. Let them all the men of war draw near. In other words, draw closer to God. Draw closer to where God's working and let them come up. Get busy. Amen? Get busy. Go ahead, please. 
Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Oh. That's my wake-up call. Can you, can you guys hear that? I just woke myself up. We'll see how many times that, that goes off today. Beat your plowshares into swords. Get busy. Do something. I think I just used that a few weeks ago. You know, I got a nice blanket and a pillow up here because that's what most of us are. We're, we're still sleeping to what God wants us to do. And I know we're a small church, but that's not an excuse. We, we got to get rid of it. It's comfortable for a time, but you don't need to stay there. Wake up. Go ahead, please. God has, not, God has set no boundaries. We talked about that. God has set no boundaries on his power to himself or us. There's no boundaries. There's no boundaries. What's a boundary? Something you can't go past. In other words, a, a, a limit where you can't get there. God's not setting those things on us. He's not setting limits on the church. He's not setting limits on your life. It's not there. Only the limits you set. But God's not got limits on you. Radical transformation belongs to the life of the one who has awakened to God's limitless power. Radical transformation. In other words, something that's dramatic in your life. Something that really took place and you remembered it. Little Sierra got baptized over there today. You know what? She's not going to forget that, never, in her life. It was something radical that she's done in her life. It's going from a life of sin to a life of Christ. Radical transformation belongs to the life of the one who has awakened to God's limitless power. Go ahead, please. In Acts 5, 12 through 21. I know we missed some principles there, guys. Got it? There you go. Deliverance leads to obedience. And these are the two words I want you to understand today. Deliverance. That's a delivered from what? Delivered from a life of death. Delivered leads to obedience. Obedience is one of the most important things. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Is everybody awake out there? You awake? Yeah. Say obedience real loud. Obedience. There you go. I'm going to tell you, you get the obedience part down right, everything else starts to work out real good. It's that obedience thing that is so much, is what we so struggle with so much. It's obedience. And I'm telling you, obedience leads to a limitless power. It does. If, you're not, if your life is not obedient to the word of God, the power of God is going to be not in your life, not limited in your life. It's, it, you've got to have the obedience, and that deliverance comes. Amen? Everybody understand what I'm saying? Deliverance. Don't you want to be delivered from, from this hum, hum, sickening life that we had? He said, well, my life's not sickening. Well, if it was without Christ, it's sickening. You just don't know it. Deliverance leads to obedience. Full deliverance awakens full obedience. Everybody say that for me. Full, full deliverance. Okay. Unlocking the limitless power of the Holy Spirit upon your life. So full deliverance awakens full obedience. So if I've been delivered and I've, I've understand that, then that, that wakes me up. And obedience should follow that deliverance. Sometimes there's a big long dash in between those two things, between deliverance and obedience. Somehow... We've got this dash in our lives. 
and it shouldn't be there. Complete obedience fueled by an awareness. I've got some starter fluid here. You ever have an engine or it seems to be my lawnmowers or something, especially in wintertime, and it just, you turn that key and it just, <clears throat> it just won't go. It's just no, there's no fire in it. Well, I hate to tell you, but there's no fire in some of you. Some of you. Yeah, you, you know what? And so what I get out and I'll get that starting fluid and sometimes I, I remember just doing this not too long ago and I'll get out I'm not going to spray it. It stinks too bad. We're going to have bad odors, odors in this church right now. But anyway, I'll get out there and I'll take off the air breather and I'll get down there and I'll just spray the time out of that. And that dude will what? Boom! Fire up, right? It does. Problem is, a lot of times when the starting fluid's gone, it does what? It shuts back down. There's a problem. And it's somewhere down inside that carburetor or that fuel injection, whatever it is. Somewhere down in there, there's a problem. But like me, I'll just, I'll just go through the whole can of starting fluid and say, it'll work next time. <laughs> Pretty soon I'm out of forest start, starting fluid, and I'll go to the store and I have to buy another can. That's just like us. With, that's what happens to us. We, we get wakened up, we, we get the starting fluid in us, and all of a sudden, blah. Nothing happens. A week or two later, blah. And nothing takes place. You're out of starting fluid. You've got nothing to fuel you because you're not awakened to the limitless power God has ordained to give you. And so we become like our motors and our lawnmowers that never start in the spring. Messed up. Complete obedience fueled by an awareness of full deliverance is the only way to cross over where, we st where you stand on dry ground. Now, in the beginning, I, this church is called The Crossing, and when I preach on The Crossing, it, it's, we talk a lot about dry ground. And I wanted to mention that just a little bit to you today because dry ground is important. It's in the Bible in several different places. It always talks about when, Egypt, when the Israelites crossed out of Egypt, they crossed in dry ground over the, over the Red Sea, and then again over Jordan. It was always dry ground, and I've always loved that because... That means that once you awaken to the power of God, you're not bogged down in any type of mud or anything in your life. You're on dry ground. You're actually on different soil with God. You've awakened to the power. You're not climbing around the mud and playing in the mud. It's dry ground. So why do they put that dry ground in the Bible? Because we know that we should not be bogged down in any type of human mud. I've been awakened to the power. Is everybody awake? been awakened to that power i got a nice alarm clock here i'm going to tell you it's going to go off pretty soon i'll let you know that if i set it right you ever set your clock and it's not right now, i've set my phone many a times especially when i'm out of town and i set it and it doesn't go off and i said phones broke it's not the phone it was me setting it that was wrong you understand that the phone's fine. See, we think everything's broke when it doesn't work, when most of the time it's just me that did it. And that's why you think, well, God's power is not real good because it just doesn't work in me. Well, I can assure you it's not God, it's me. Just like the phone, half the time, most of the time I look at it, it was set for p.m., not a.m. Let's tell Paul, you dummy. Yep, yep. God's power will never let us down. The person who receives the the word without awaking its power has trimmed his edge but left the thorns. Talks like a lot about that in the Bible. Trimming the edge. leaving. The You've got some rough edges. They're, they're pointy. They're sticky. They hurt. And you need to get rid of them. 
What will be the result of a church awakened of God's limitless power? What would be the result of that? Before I get into the scripture, I'm not going to be there very long. I'm going to get into the scripture. I'm going to talk about this water, and I'm going to encourage you. I, I've, got, I've got some stickers on. I put it on the worship tune. We go, we have a sound, we, we're in the sound clouds. I don't know how that works. I have no idea. Ray knows. But you can get all the music and all the sermons every week, just about an hour or two after we're done, in the sound cloud. And so what I'm suggesting to the church, to whoever would think they might wake up and, and go try to, you know there's hundreds of kids over there? Do you know that? And hundreds of kids means hundreds of parents, if not a thousand or so over there. They're, they're, they're right there. Quarter of a mile down the road. And some of you live by ball fields everywhere. Now, this is something I was praying about this. I was like, Lord, what in the world? How do we do that? Nobody wants to go over and, and do that old-time fashion stuff. It, it seems like it, nobody wants to do that anymore. So I said, well, Lord, what do we do? And, and this thought come to me. I like water. You guys like water? Now, I'll tell you what. In the ball fields, you're sitting out there. There's no cover over. It's nice and hot, right? Now, I thought, well, I come up with these stickers, and I thought, what if we just put on these water bottles. You can leave the other sticker on. I don't care what you do. And it says, see you at the crossing. And it gives our website, and it gives us the sound, the sound clowns, how to get to the sound cloud to hear things in the church. What if we grabbed a cooler out of the thing here, and what if the church provided the water and the ice, whatever we have to, and what if a couple of you or two or three of you got a schedule from the people that do the ball field stuff, and you came over here, and you, you set it up, you organized it, so certain people come in at a certain time. You don't have to do it every time the ball field's there, but at least once a week during the Play, how long does the ball fields last? A couple, six, seven weeks, eight weeks? I don't know. How long does it last? Nine weeks? Nine weeks. Nine times, if that is what you would like to do, nine times you come in here and you fill it up with ice water, and you put the stickers on it, you walk over there, you put a smile on your face, and you start passing out water. It's about three bucks for a case of water. It's not much money. And you just put that sticker on there, and you just pass out and say, thank you, God loves you. I just don't even have to say that. Just say, we're from the cross and we want to give you something. Is that real hard? It's not, is it? What would, do, what would people do if you don't do, if you do it more than once? You know, I've owned a business for many years and I learned something. You don't bid on a job and let it go. You do follow-up. Amen? Follow-up. If you don't do, in my, in, I'm blessed if I don't, I don't have to do too much follow-up anymore, but in my early years, if I didn't do follow-up, if I didn't hound people, where's that blood? You got a picture of a bloodhound? Hound people? I never would get the job. They'd just forget my name. See, people have got to know who we are. They've got to know that. They've got to know that they've got to learn to respect us, to trust us, that we encourage them. If I hadn't done that in the early years, I would have had to go look for another job. But by the grace of God, and 40 years later, I'm still doing what I've done for all, just about my whole life. Because I hounded people. You remember my name? Taylor Dorr. Clink. And you call him, and you call him. That's the same way it can work over there. We're from the crossing. We was here last week. We saw you last week. We would like to give you another bottle of water. Or you can go to Franklin or Whiteland or whatever, and you can take these bottles and I'll provide the stickers, and Vicki will make them out. She'll have a smile on her face. <laughs> will you have a bottle of water from the crossing? How many of you think you could do that? Yeah, I, see, I know you can. 
They'll say, I want you to sign up, and I'll pick somebody to organize this, and, and let's get it done, okay? Let's get it done. You know what? If you pray over it, the, where's the prayer team? Bill, where's the prayer team? Raise your hand. I want you guys praying over this, praying over it, and I want to see what God will do with that. Amen? It's just an idea. That's just one little idea. See, I have, a, I, have a hunger, and I have this hungerness that I want to awaken people to who Jesus Christ is. And that's the way this church should be. We've got to learn to go out. I, teach, I told you that many times. We've got to go out. We've got to become a mission-minded church. We're getting old enough to do those things. We've got to go out. Go ahead, please. And we're just going to look at what happened here in the book of Acts. And through the hands, and this is about Peter mainly, Peter and John would go out. And this is, this is the, this limitless power that God can give. He gave it to the apostles. You know why people don't have limitless power from God? Because the obedience thing hasn't met what God's demands from us. Obedience. It's a commandment. Obedience. The Ten Commandments were given to us to understand what sin is. And it's not given to us just to look and say, well, that's terrible. It's given us to, to give us a, a threshold of how to live. And though the hands of the apostles, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders. Everybody say signs and wonders. Now back in the day, back in the early church, the Lord provided a lot of signs and wonders because he wanted to wake people up to this new revelation of who the church is and what the church is and the power that God has through the church. It wasn't lightning coming down like Elijah. It was people going out and working through the power of God because of the obedient acts that God has given them to do. And lives were changed. And people noticed and they respected the church. That's the thing that the church doesn't really have much of anymore is respect. And through the hands. Everybody say, and through the hands. So, and through the hands of the crossing, the apostles, many... Many signs and wonders were done among the people. Among the what? People. Not just the people of the crossing, but the people of the communities they're going out to. You say, man, preacher, you're really getting on us. Well, I've got to, because I, God gets on me. I'm just not going to take all of it. And they were all with one what? Accord. All together on it. If we can get a group of people, you don't have to do it every week. That's what a group of people does. They come together and they plan it out. Two or three people go do this this week. The next person does it next week and you do it. Nobody needs to hold your hand. I'll go with you. I do not mind at all. But I will not do it because my job is my job and your job is your job. Amen? Amen. We could use the word calling. And they met somewhere. It wasn't a church either. It was Solomon's porches where they're meeting. Uh, an area outside the temple. That's where they're meeting because they know the people are there. They know the people are going to gather there. I know the people are going to gather in that baseball field. Amen? I know it. And I also know that God has given us limitless power if we'll be obedient to his word. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them rightly. In other words, they respected them. Non-believers won't get involved with this. They're still scared. Some baby Christians, maybe, they just don't want to get involved. They're still scared. But it says here, they respected them. That's another word for esteem. They respected them, even though they wouldn't go with them. And believers were increasingly, everybody say, and believers were what? And believers were what? Added to the Lord. 
multitudes of both men and women so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches. Why would they do that? Because they saw something different. Amen? They saw something totally different. You said, well, they're not going to bring the sick out. You know what? The only reason they're not going to bring the sick here is because they haven't seen any power come out of this place. Amen? We've kept it inward. We've got to get outward so they can see power. They can see the love. Why would anybody come here? Why would anybody come here if they're not seeing us going out and exercising the love that God has us and the power that God's given us? we got to go. Some days I think I just want to stand out there with a sign and just stand there and say, please come, but it won't do any good because if just one person's doing it, they'll say, it's just one. they got a church full, a couple hundred people, but one. Also to multiple gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem. So what's that? It's not just one city that came together because of the power, that, this unlimited power. The church was awakened. Unlimited power went out, gathered with people where they were at, and opened up who God is. They gave them the good news of the gospel, but they also gave them that the gospel is not just good news, it is judgment. Amen? It is judgment, ever bit as much as the good news. That's what it is. I want to give them the good news that God will convict them of the sins in their life, and they will change their lives to awaken to the unlimited power that God wants to bestow upon them. So also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. What is unclean spirits? Demons. You think this world don't still have... Oh. Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> uh... I wonder how long that thing would go. I'm going to quit here in a few minutes. Unclean spirits, in other words, demons. Did you all notice the, the Muslim woman? I don't, I hate to say this. The Muslim woman, I forget what country was out of this day, that, that cut the head off of that little boy and then run around the streets. That's demons. That is demons. Demons. You, you you got to deal with this. They're not hiding anymore. <laughs> they're getting more bolder and bolder. and it's, it's, They're out there. People don't do that to other people. It's demons that do that thing through those people. And boy, they don't mind showing the power they have, do they? And they were all what? Healed. Now, what are we healing from? I don't know. I haven't healed anybody from sickness yet. I probably never will. That's God's job. I, I guarantee you that. But I can tell you one thing. I can pray over people and watch them get healed. Amen? Amen. And I wish I could lay my hands on people and, get, and they get well. I don't, know, I don't know if God can do that or not. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Yes, he can. Amen. He sure can. He has, lim what's the right word? Unlimited power. You've got to, you've got to understand that our Father in heaven, has unlimited power that he wants to give you. Now bring all your money to me. See, that's not what it's about, is it? Yeah, there you go. He wants you to have unlimited power that you can go out 
and change people's lives through the good news and also the judgment of Jesus Christ. Unlimited power. Then the high priest rose up. Now this is this evil. They give you a picture of the evil men ago of evil spirits. I guarantee you, no matter when this church, you know, I, I have things hit me continually about evil. I know it's evil. I know it's evil, especially the drug thing. When people in this church doing drugs and this other, people, you're just playing with Satan. You're just playing with him. Well, he don't play back. He, he, he's in it for keeps. He's in it to death. I challenged you last week about different, different things, smoking and other things. And, and a lot of you, I hear that a lot of you say, I've been off tobacco this far, or I, I haven't done this, I haven't done Amen, praise the Lord. I'm happy about that. But the high priest, see, they're, they're full of them. They're not full of God, even though they're trying to preach the word of God. They're not full of God. They're full of themselves and full of Satan. The high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the secular of the Sanhedrin, and they were filled with indignation, which is jealousy. Why? Because they don't have that type of power. Now, when we go out over to the ball field and we do different things, expect this to happen. They're warning us about it in God's word. When we step out and exercise this unlimited power that God has for us, expect the opposition to come after us. That's okay. And amen if they do, because that means we're really doing something right. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them into common prison. So just what? They went to prison. Are you willing to go to prison for what you're doing for Christ? Are you? Well, we'll never know that because we're not really doing a whole lot except what's in this church. But at night, an angel, listen, this is the power. This is the unlimited power, the awakening of this unlimited power. And if you can't believe this, and you can't believe the word of God, but at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. Everybody say amen. amen. He opened the doors of the prison doors and brought them out. See, because they, they knew no matter what took place with what they were doing, that God had the power to do anything. And their job was to be delivered from that sin and be obedient to the word of God and go. Everything else is God's deal, not ours. Everybody say something. Amen. And the first thing they did when they got him out of jail, they broke him out of jail, man. Where was the guards? Where was all that? We're not going to go too far in this day, but nothing could stop the power of God working through the power of his people. Nothing. Not man. Nothing. Our fear keeps us from, keeps holds us back a lot. And the first commandment that the angel Lord gave them was this. Go stand in the temple and speak. Go stand where you were just at, where they just took you to jail. And this is not the first time Peter and John and others have been put in jail. They've been put in jail throughout the time, beaten and put in jail. But they says again, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. In other words, don't stop. Don't you dare quit. They can do nothing except for what God allows them to do. Nothing. Nothing. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and what? They went right back where they came from and went right back at it. And nothing stopped them. Our schools are a mess The football players can't pray. The basketball players can't pray unless you go to a private school. It's because we have 
fallen asleep about the power of God. We need to wake up. Everybody says, take this country back. Well, them are fine words. What are you going to do about it? What are you willing to do about it? What are you willing to do? You want to get this country back for the God? Well, guess what? You're going to have to do something. Amen? And it starts with kids. It starts. It's not going to. Some of those old people, you're not going to change them. It starts with children. You've got to build it back up. Are you willing to do that? You say, well, I thought time was short. I don't know how much time we got, but I know one thing. We've got to build this gospel back up. Amen? Amen. If you're willing to do it, I can guarantee you God's willing to go with you. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. This is my last verses. We're going to close. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Amen? Arise! Arise! In other words, wake up! Wake up! That great city, in other words, go, and Nineveh was a terrible place. Ah. Everybody hear that? That's my wake-up call in the morning. Children of God. Yeah, what a good way to get woke up every morning. Arise and go to Nineveh. I'm not gonna, I don't have time to go into Nineveh, how terrible, how barbaric that city was. It was an evil, terrible place. They hated the Jews. In fact, they would go on to destroy them in a few more hundred years. They'd take the, the north of Israel called Israel and they would destroy that and make them captive. That great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Whew. We're living Nineveh. Everywhere I go, if I tell them Nineveh, you know what, their ear props up. You know, because they, they, they hear that. Nineveh, Jonah was the worst evangelist ever. He was just a terrible evangelist. And he led over 100,000 people to God. And he was terrible at it. So what am I saying? The worst person in here has no excuse because it's not your power, it's God's power. Amen? Amen. Jonah didn't want to go. You all know that story. I can't go into that right now. He didn't want to go, but he finally was made to go, and he went. Now, I don't want to wait till we, I get swallowed up by some whale or some shark or some fish or, or some drug addict or something. I don't want to wait that long. I want to go. God sent me here to go, and we've got a lot of years under us now. It's time to do something. Amen? Amen? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son, the second time, saying, now I've come to you with these before, maybe once or twice more, but I looked at this and it says, the second time, arise, go to Nineveh. Now is that a commandment? Is it just so happened we live in Nineveh? Arise and go. Go to Whiteland. You know, we got people from all over the place in here. I, we had people in here last week that came in here. We're from Martinsville and I don't know where some other places all over the place. You can do it. We could give you the water. You can do it wherever you live. They can come here. They can go to another church. But they need to go and the object is to wake you up to God's power that you will help send people to the gospel or give people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it, to it the message that I tell you. What's the message that God tells you? Whatever he lays on your heart. Whatever is laying on your heart. I'm going to tell you something. 
When you get over here to this baseball field, you think you're just going to pass out water? <laughs> you're not. You may go there to just pass out water, but I'm going to tell you, if you just hang around, there's going to be one or two people that have got so much pain in their life, and they're looking for somebody that can help them through it. They may be too fearful to come in here. They may think everybody wants to judge them in here. They've heard nothing really good about the church lately. The news media sure doesn't print us as very good. We need to go out and show them. And I can tell you, I can promise you, you're going to have people come to you. And you better be prepared to give them your phone number, your email, Facebook, whatever you want to give them. Because they're going to need the love that you have and the power, that unlimited power that God has for your life. They need that. Amen? Amen. They need it. They need it. There's people that call this church about the, about the uh, grief share. You think nobody dies out here? You think nobody has family members that are dying out here? Put a sticker on there about grief share. Do something. I've got something I'm going to read to you, and then, then we're closing. How much time? We're okay. This won't take but a minute. This was from a person in the church this week. I preached a sermon last week. It was a hard-hitting sermon like always. Somebody got woke up. And I'm not going to give you the name. The person wants his name known or her name known. They can let you know. And it's titled, it was, I, you know, I, I love getting these things like this. It, it lets me know that God's doing something. Well, no, I know he is, but he's waking you up. And there was one word that I underlined. This person may not even know that how many times they put this one word in here. But there's one word that I underlined as I kept reading this because this one word was the, really what this person was all about here. It was called rationalizing. And they repeated themselves seven or eight times. This one word was repeated many times. So this, this is what I'm getting, that this person was rationalizing something in his life and God all of a sudden said, you're not going to rationalize this anymore. And it starts out, it says, what God showed me during Sunday service. It's embarrassing to admit that as a Christian, we can, can somehow rationalize things we do in life. We know the scriptures and are quick to memorize the verses and somehow justify our actions and yet seem to not remember the ones that convict us of the real sins in our life. Most times, the verses we choose to memorize are taken out of context or contain partial truths of whatever we want to rationalize. For example, we can rationalize that drinking alcohol is okay as long as it's done in moderation. After all, didn't Jesus turn water into wine? And wasn't it one of the qualifications for a deacon is not to give him too much wine? Yet we seem to overlook the other verses that hold us to a higher standard, verses that talk about not letting our liberties become a stumbling block for other Christians. Romans 14 or 1 Corinthians 8. And equally important are the verses that say our body is the temple of God, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, and that we should abstain from all appearances of evil, 1 Thessalonians 5, 21, 22. And my favorite, Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Humans are expert in rationalizing anything we want to do, smoking, drinking, dipping, gambling, drugs, porn, and on and on and on. Yet we know deep down inside that we are allowing these verses allowing these, these uh, very things to become idols in our life, and, be lo and before long, we are slaves to the very thing we are rationalized. As a true Christian, there is one thing we cannot rationalize. No matter how we try to spin it, it's called conviction from the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
I have become an expert in rationalization for 39 years as a Christian and knowing a lot of scripture to back up my stories. I can overlook convictions throughout the day. I just keep myself busy and not dwell on my failures. Yet every night when I lay down, those convictions come back with a vengeance. Someone once said, you can run, but you can't hide from God. Every Sunday before the end of service, we, the church, takes communion. I do not personally take communion every Sunday, but I do this, but I did this past Sunday. Even before Paul finished the sermon, my mind was already thinking about the communion and the importance of taking communion. And with a clean heart, all those sins that I continue to rationalize for some reason come back with great intensity and with a conviction so deep that I have never before experienced. I was truly broken before God. For the first time in a very long time, I had to get things right before I could take communion because I knew what the Scripture says. Here's the thing. Communion can become a routine. If we just go through the motions, how many of us really truly understand the consequences of taking communion in, which, in what the King James says, an unworthy? This is what got to me Sunday. The Bible is very clear that we must examine ourselves and if we go before the Lord's table unworthy, we literally eat and drink the damnation to ourselves. We are guilty of the body and blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 27-30. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthy shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. It goes on to say that for this very reason, many Christians are weak and sickly. I'm not saying that we must be sinless to take communion. What I'm saying is that if we have conviction in our life and, and continue to ignore them, then we are in danger of this damnation. If the Holy Spirit is convicting us of a particular sin, we should take care of it before we take communion. If we live in a, in a known sin, we are guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. It's almost over. If we want to be serious about stopping the sins in our life that enslave us, then we need to look at our sin, not look for a sin for what it is really it is, a total disregard for the body and the blood of Christ. I had, I, have, I had to purposely tell myself that once I take communion, if I willfully continue to keep this sin in my life, that I will bring upon myself damnation from God himself and everything that I believe in to be a fraud. Taking communion is so much more than an ordinance that we follow a, uh, follow a filler of time on Sundays. It's a remembrance of what Christ went through for us, that a dedication or rededication for each Christian to, have, to live a life of sacrifice, which is our reasonable service to God. Sound like somebody got woke up. I love those type of letters. It blesses my soul. I'm going to close here in a second. This is Red Bull. This is tough stuff. <laughs> now, I don't recommend drinking Red Bull. I drank one, and I went silly. <laughs> it does wake you up, though. I've got something called Jesus Christ that wakes me up. Amen? I tell you what, he saved me and John and Vicki and Donna on the way home the other day from Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia in that terrible rainstorm. Boy, I tell you what, I couldn't see anything. And I told you that last week. My goodness. I could have drank a case of Red Bull. It wouldn't have mattered. My fingers would have just got deeper in that steering wheel. 
The power of God is limitless if you're obedient to God's word. Words for the week. Who's got them? Limitless power. I heard that. Awake, not awakens. Limitless power. Awaits. Awaits. There should have been two dashes there. All. Who. Awaken. To. To what? True obedience. Limitless power awaits all who awaken to true obedience. And the question for your week. Can a person become a believer in Christ and be no different than before? Absolutely not. You cannot. It's impossible because the Holy Spirit lives within you and pours out His power upon you. Let's rise. I'm going to go ahead and open up the tables. You're welcome at these tables. If you don't know who Jesus is in your life, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, if there's something going on, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do that. If you want to do something for this community, sign the paper. We'll get started on it. Come before the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Amen? He's not, he's not a fearful God. He's a God of awe, a God of great power that loves us tremendously. And he proved, he proved that 2,000 years ago. Come enjoy the Lord today.
The teams are how we run this church. It's our fingers and our toes and our bones and our ligaments and all that. That's what it is. So please enjoy that today. If you're not on a team, please get on a team. And then right after that, in about 10 or 15 minutes, they'll have dinner ready for you and just stay and enjoy dinner. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you right now, Father. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for the joy of life. Lord, we pray for the ones that have come forward this morning that you would open up a door that they can walk through and never look back. Lord, would you bless this day? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.